This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast on this Monday morning. August the 22nd, 2022. Boy, we had a lot of rain yesterday. One thunderbanger after another just kept rolling in. Boy, we needed some rain. Though. It's been dry for the last few weeks. Still a little cloudy this morning, but uh, hey, it's the greatest country on God's green earth. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast this morning. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. These are your top five headlines for this Monday morning. Let's start off with uh, headline number five. The daughter of Putin's closest ally killed in botched assassination attempt. From the Associated Press, the daughter of an influential Russian political theorist often referred to as Putin's brain was killed in a car bombing on the outskirts of Moscow, authorities said Sunday. The Moscow branch of the Russian Investigative Committee said preliminary information indicated 29-year-old TV commentator Daria Dugini was killed by an explosive planted in the SUV she was driving Saturday night. There was no immediate claim of responsibility, but the bloodshed gave rise to suspicion that the intended target was her father, Alexander Dugin, a nationalist philosopher and writer. Dugin is a prominent proponent of the Russian world concept, a spiritual and political ideology that emphasizes traditional values, the restoration of Russia's power, and the unity of all ethnic Russians throughout the world. He is also a vehement supporter of Russian President Vladimir Putin's move sending troops into Ukraine. From the BBC, incidents like this will make officials in Moscow nervous, especially in the aftermath of a series of explosions and attacks in occupied Crimea and in Russian regions near the border with Ukraine. Kremlin propaganda consistently stresses how Vladimir Putin has brought security and stability in Russia following the turbulent 1990s, when car bombs and assassinations were commonplace. This car bomb in the Russian capital undermines that narrative. Despite not holding an official position in government, Alexander Dugin is believed to be a close ally of the Russian president and has even been branded Putin's Rasputin. Okay, so the uh, Russian citizens are becoming very, how shall I say, uneasy about Putin's activities and his aggressive behavior in Ukraine and all the deaths of soldiers that have been forced to go to war with Ukraine. And unfortunately, we're seeing the pushback now happening with the Russian citizens. Unfortunate only that they have to take these types of actions to stop this crazy man, Putin, from his uh, reign of terror on Ukraine. This is uh, closely knitted to his, his advisor, Dugin, and as a result of this, we're seeing it getting closer and closer to Putin. So the doors are closing in on him, and Putin has to be very careful because he could be the next in line for such an attack. All right, headline number four, Governor Kathy Hochul signs woke bills geared at forcing woke language on people. From Town Hall, 
If you didn't think the state of New York could get any more woke, think again. In the land of radical liberals, Governor Kathy Hochul, Democrat from New York, is taking it a step further. Earlier this week, Hochul signed a bill that would ban the word salesman and replace it with salesperson, as well as replace words such as his and her with the woke pronoun they and them. Senate Bill 536, or the salesman law, was proposed to change forms of gendered language so they would be more inclusive among everyone. This is not the latest bill to be signed that bends over backwards to the woke narrative. Hochul approved a bill that would remove gender references from office holders and local legislative bodies, changing councilmen to words such as council member. It also changes the term inmate to incarcerated person. From the Daily Mail, prison reform advocates have said the term inmate has a dehumanizing effect. Language matters, said State Senator Gustavo Rivera, a Bronx Democrat who sponsored the bill for the inmate change. This is another concrete step our state is taking to make our criminal justice system one that focuses on rehabilitation rather than relying solely on punishment. Okay, so this is uh, this is very dangerous. This wokeism. This is right out of uh, totalitarian dictatorships. This is what China does. Language control. This is a narrative. This is something that can be very dangerous. The governor up there is playing with fire. People who live in the Empire State need to wake up. They need to remove this woman from her office. This is not what America stands for. This wokeism is. Uh, has to, has to die on its merits. We cannot have this type of control over the narrative. It is designed to be divisive. It's not an inclusive thing. It's designed to bring confusion of genderism. And there are only two sexes, folks. There's male and female, no matter how you split hairs and no matter how you change your language, it does not matter. So uh, the governor up there in New York who's ever running the campaigns up there, those of you activists that are fed up with this wokeism, you need to get active and have her replaced because she has no business leading that great state of New York with this type of ideas and language conversion. All right, headline number three. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm suggests green energy push is world's greatest peace plan. Fox News, Biden Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm suggested in a recent interview that the United States green energy push will be the greatest peace plan in world history. If we want to be energy secure and energy independent, that means we've got to produce our own energy. Granholm said in an interview with VOA News on Friday, RNC Research, Biden Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, a move to clean energy will be the greatest peace plan the world has ever known. This uh, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, she's, she's completely out to lunch. I mean, she is such an ideologue. She has no common sense, no reality, nothing based in reality. She just thinks that windmills and, and solar is going to solve all the problems of energy that we face. And there's no proof of that. There's no been, there has not been any significant amount of energy production using these limited sources. And she is correct. We need to be energy independent. And the way to do that is to drill. We have plenty enough oil here to do that. 
There's no reason why we need to go begging for oil from the Saudis or Venezuela or the Iranians. We just need to produce our own oil, and that will be a very nice peace plan because we won't be relying on these countries that have some bad interests for America. So she is right on that part. But the clean energy idea is a work in progress. And until you can figure that out, you better start producing your own energy here at home. And that'll be a big peace plan. Jennifer Granholm. All right, headline number two. Brian Steltzer's last address on CNN's Reliable Sources. From the Washington Examiner. Brian Steltzer delivered an on-air farewell during his final episode of CNN's Reliable Sources on Sunday, calling attention to what he called the super strange situation as the network canceled the long-running show while allowing it to produce one more segment afterward. At the end of the hour-long episode largely focused on examining how media itself is changing, Steltzer stressed the importance of providing space for dialogue and the full spectrum of debate. He also called on viewers to hold CNN and other networks accountable for their coverage. Brian Steltzer, that was a lot of fun. Thank you for every single viewer from the Daily Mail. All of the recent news to the changes at CNN ride alongside a ratings nosedive with its plunging to less than half of its rival on Fox News and averaging just 787,000 this year. Steltzer's show struggled, however, in its ratings war with Fox News. Fox's rival show, Media Buzz, has averaged 1.5 million viewers this year, while Reliable Sources had 787,000. Reliable Sources is having its lowest rated year since 2015 and has lost 26% of its total audience versus last year. News analyst Kevin Tober, that's it, the last moment of Reliable Sources. So Brian Steltzer, also uh, known as Mr. Potato Head, has been axed from CNN. And I don't think there's anybody crying out there that this guy has been removed since he's been so ridiculous on some of his comments. His ratings have dived completely. The company is hemorrhaging billions of dollars as a result of their uh, far-left media outlet. Since Disney bought it and the Discovery, they're making some changes there. They're wanting to come back to more middle-of-the-road journalism like they used to be back in the 1980s and 90s, but um, let's see how it all rolls out. Let's see if they actually uh, accomplish that. But a lot of these folks are being removed. Steltzer's just one other one. Andrew Como was uh, on the chopping block, and I'm sure that Don Lemon is probably next and on down the line until they clean up their act. So no tears here. Bye, Brian. Good luck wherever you got to go in your future. All right, headline number one. The group behind Gascon Recall knowingly submitted invalid signatures. Let this be a lesson. Red State, despite the vast sums of money raised and spent, the quality of the signatures submitted to L.A. County was embarrassingly incompetent. In the words of one former professional who viewed some of the materials provided to Red State. Even worse, a whistleblower speaking to Red State on condition of anonymity provided information seeming to demonstrate that the woman widely acknowledged as controlling the campaign committee, Cassandra Vandenberg, knew for more than a month that, she, that the committee's progress was woefully inadequate 
and knew that signatures from out-of-county people and non-voters were being counted by the committee as verified signatures and even instructed campaign workers to leave them on the petitions because we need the numbers and instructed campaign workers in front of multiple deputy district attorneys to forge the signatures of circulators in the attestation portion of the petition forms that are signed under penalty of perjury. Jennifer Van Lahr, uncovering interesting things about the parties, companies involved in recall George Cascone petition. According to this, let the voters decide the SIGS gathering firm in Gascone's recall was running a Soros-backed voter rights bill in Michigan at the same time. So this is interesting. This is, um, you know, how the left plays. You know, this is, uh, you know, they don't really care about legitimacy. It's all about the narrative and all about the results. So uh, what I'm reading here is it sounds like the folks that were behind the Gascone recall were also pushing a bill that was uh, in favor of a Soros-backed bill, rights bill, in Michigan at the same time. So they're playing both sides, and this could have been done to sabotage the entire process. In other words, they knew that they didn't have the right number of votes so that it would fail. So this is an interesting uh, turn of events here, and it'd be interesting to see how it all plays out if we can dig a little bit deeper into who this uh, Vandenberg is that was in charge of this campaign, because Cascone most definitely needs to be removed, and they need to find a, a way in which they can find legitimate signatures to have him put on the ballot. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Monday morning. August the 22nd, 2022. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandermark. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a wonderful new day and a great start to the week. See you then. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandermark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.